Thank you for that kind introduction. Please uh, sit down and relax, and those of you uh, in the balcony remain standing. Thank you. You're listening to Stranglehold. I'm Lauren Chuljin, and that is Senator John McCain. Thank you so much. I want to tell you a quick story about McCain from 2007. It's a New Hampshire primary classic. He was holding this town hall-style campaign event. The idea is voters can show up and ask the candidate anything they want. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, could I go over here? Yes, sir. And then you, ma'am. McCain did a lot of these, but this particular one is at a World War II museum, and he took questions for about an hour, and one of them comes from this mom. She's standing in the second row, and she's clutching the microphone with both hands. Go ahead. Yes. Good evening, Senator. Today, unfortunately, I wear a black bracelet in memory of my son who lost his life in Baghdad. I would like to know, sir, if you would wear this so that you could remember your mission and their mission in support of them. Uh, I would be honored. Thank you, sir. I'm grateful. Someone in the audience that day told me McCain's reaction felt so authentic. And you can see it if you watch the C-SPAN video of this event. He's very emotional. May I ask how old Matthew was? 22. Thank you for his service. Yes, ma'am, I will wear this. Thank you. And John McCain actually wore that bracelet until the day he died. And so this story, it gets held up around here as this like perfect unscripted moment between a candidate and a normal New Hampshire voter. There are tons of other stories like this, too. Some show off a candidate's humanity. Others, not so flattering. I have one real quick question. (laughs) What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question is, could you quickly... I think I I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. (laughs) I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my my class. uh, If you were thinking, is that Joe Biden? Yes, that was Joe Biden in 1987, the first time he ran for president. And clearly that voter touched a nerve. Law school was a sensitive subject for Biden. There was news before this that he had failed a class because of plagiarism. And then here comes this voter. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. And so the takeaway from these stories was, look what New Hampshire can offer. We are a place where these real unscripted moments can happen. Our voters can reveal unique perspectives on political leaders, potential leaders of the free world. But that leaves me wondering, is that still the case? Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Jason Moon is actually where I got this whole idea from. He's a reporter here at NHPR. He's been out on the trail lately, and he told me he's been seeing something different, something that makes him think, are these authentic moments really still possible? It can seem like that interaction between the voter and the candidate is kind of getting co-opted, manipulated by outside forces. So, Jason. Yes, Lauren. I don't think we can really start this without defining for people what bird dogging is. Right. So bird dogging is something we see a fair share of here in New Hampshire with the presidential primary and all the candidates that come by. But it's not unique to the primaries. Certainly, it's it happens in politics everywhere. And basically, it's when a voter comes to an event prepared. Hi, I'm Allison. I'm with Rights and Democracy New Hampshire. Um, And as a young voter, one of my major concerns is climate change. It's kind of like a professional question asking of candidates. Will you take the no fossil fuel money pledge and do this with us? But that can mean a lot of things. It can mean, 
you know, just a, a voter who, like, really knows what they want to ask and does it everywhere. It's a simple one-sentence pledge to refuse any donations by fossil fuel companies or executives. Or it can be like a paid staffer at an advocacy group. And so to them, the town hall is like a great way to get access to these candidates and to get their issues out in front of all the TV cameras and all the voters and the candidate themselves. It's not like what we think of maybe as like the typical voter who is like, oh, I'm just running to this event after work. Maybe I think of a question on the way there, or maybe you don't think of a question at all. And you've seen a lot of this, because I think this is your second primary, right? But you also had kind of a, shall we say, behind the, I don't know, a good hunting metaphor, behind the curtain. That's not hunting at all. But (laughs) you got to peek behind the curtain at how bird dogging works. Please enlighten us. Yes. So uh, several months back, I got a chance to to witness some of that preparation to see bird dogging training. So um, we might get through this before 8.30, but we have about an hour and a half blocked off. It was in this little office conference room type space. There was maybe a dozen people sitting in the circle of folding chairs. Yeah, what kind of people do this training? Well, it was an interesting mix from what I could tell, kind of all age ranges. Um, there, One of, person was a state rep. Um, You know, another person looked like they were maybe, you know, in their 20s. Um, And they all kind of had like, here's what I think I would want to ask a candidate about. But they wanted to kind of workshop their questions and figure out, like, how do I really get the most out of seeing so-and-so at a town hall? We have just a really, really incredible opportunity this year to change the narrative by getting up close and personal with these candidates. I'm sorry change the narrative? Yeah, that's the name of the game here, Lauren. I mean, this training is being led by two people from a group called Rights and Democracy. They're a liberal activist group, advocacy group here in New Hampshire. And basically what they're teaching people here is how to deconstruct the town hall and then kind of reverse engineer it for your own aims. How do they do that? Well, they role play and they act it out. So they even have like a fake candidate comes by for the training. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Gives a stump speech and everything. And actually, my second cousin's third wife's son is from Manchester. So coming here, I really feel like I'm coming home. And then he takes questions from the trainees and easily wiggles out of their questions because, you know, they haven't been trained yet. So they don't know how to ask a good bird dog question. Not yet. How do you feel about Medicare for All? I think Medicare for all is crucial. I think, of course, we all need health care. Thank you so much for your question. Other questions? I'd yes. like to follow up. <laughs> uh, sorry, I uh, just want to make sure we can hear from everyone, but thank you, ma'am. And then us. they get down to workshopping their questions, how to do this better. So what do you think makes a good bird dog question? Specific questions would be a good. Specific questions. So the more specific, the better. The more specific your question is, the harder it is for a candidate to wiggle out of answering it. And if they do wiggle out of it, if your question is, you know, tell me yes or no, and then tell me why, and they don't do that, then everyone in the audience is going to have the same thought you just did. They didn't answer that question. They even do fake interviews with fake reporters. So they, they handed out these like dry erase markers. They, they split the group into two lines. And, you know, one line was the reporters and one line was the, the voters. And they like practiced how to talk about the candidate they had just seen to the reporter. What are the markers for? No, the markers of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I worked on kind of a soundbite 
um, okay. because um, because I'm really concerned about disability rights. Okay. So in general, I like to say disability rights are human rights because it's true and it's striking and hopefully it's something that people will remember. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like so that. Mm -hmm. That's memorable. Um, so anybody else remember uh, have a memorable soundbite that they heard? And then of course I'm there. With a microphone. Oh, so meta. For the, <laughs> yes. Wait, wait. So you're there recording the them practicing how to be recorded by a reporter. I mean, what was your observation of all this? Like, did you feel like you were being, I don't know, cheated in a way? People were practicing how to talk to you? Well, I... I in that moment, I was more happy than anything that I was able to see this because you have a sense that this stuff is happening and you know that both campaigns and activists, they're trained, they prepare, they, they, the way they talk to media is a whole different way. But just to, to be able to be in the room and to, and to see this playing out and to hear them talk so openly and earnestly about what they were doing, there was no shame to it. Elizabeth Warren is doing uh, raffle tickets for questions. Um, so, so the whole thing about being up front and center and raising your hand doesn't really matter when they do that. Um, but if you go with a bunch of people and you get a whole bunch of people to get raffle tickets and then you all give them to like one person who really wants to ask a question or they have, you know, like you can take turns, that can be another way to just right. try to increase the odds that you will get, be able to get called on. Just get tickets. I mean, there are, other, there are ways to manipulate, you know, manipulate the manipulation. Basically, the feeling in this room is that they're tired of feeling like they're manipulated at presidential candidate events. You know, the candidate comes and, and gives a stump speech and maybe someone asks them some questions, but, you know, they pivot out of it and, and switch, get back to the things they want to talk about and maybe don't answer the tough questions. And, you know, the people in this room... Their feeling is, wait a minute, the town hall, it's not it's supposed to be for us. Right? It's supposed to be our chance to meet the candidate, vet the candidate, ask them the tough questions. And it's gotten so airbrushed by the campaigns and the candidates that they've decided, you know, we need to up our game to match their game. So if they're gonna manipulate, well, we're gonna do the same thing. Yeah, it's just so funny because and maybe you've also had this experience, like as a reporter, I mean, when I see these people coming up to the mic and they say, you know, I'm from so-and-so advocacy group, I don't take as serious notes because I feel like it just it just doesn't feel as authentic to me. Well, yeah, it can feel very inauthentic. And a lot of times that doesn't get acknowledged in the room. Mm -hmm. There's this dance going on and everyone kind of knows it, but no one tips their hat to it. But occasionally candidates will call it out. I was at an Amy Klobuchar event a couple months back and she started to get bird dog. So coming from a legal background, you understand perhaps more than other candidates what Trump is doing to our courts. This guy is like sitting in this folding chair outside under this big tree and he starts asking Amy Klobuchar about... Um, the Supreme Court and whether she would consider adding seats to it, something like that. And he is like filming her with his phone, like he's holding his phone up like just beneath his face as he's asking the question, which, you know, right away is, is not like the way humans talk to each other, right? Turns out. Yeah. And and she, she just calls it out. She's like, look, hey, like whoever you're filming me for, like, hi. And since you're recording me for someone, hi person that's trying to get me on tape. Um, how are you? Thanks for sending your guy to two events, but I called on him anyway. Um, the, um, uh, the other thing that I would, uh, the other thing that I would add to that is that So I went to this training. I saw the bird doggers like 
getting ready, like sharpening their knives for the candidates. You know, then I'm out at these campaign events. I'm seeing, you know, instances here and there of bird dogging. I'm seeing candidates call out bird doggers. And I'm just, I got to say, I'm just kind of fascinated by the whole thing. And um, But I wanted to get a sense of, like, is it totally ruining town halls for, like, quote-unquote normal voters? Or, you know, what's what are other people thinking about it? So we went out recently. Should I go all the way through? Like well, let's take a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So, you went to see Vice President Biden when he was in New Hampshire recently. That's right. So, tell me about it. So I went with our colleague, Josh Rogers, a reporter in the newsroom who's been covering politics in New Hampshire for many years. And we were we actually got kind of uh, looking for, for string on a couple different stories. So we were talking to voters. Uh, well, the idea was we were going to talk to voters about a, a lot of things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I had this, these bird dogging questions on my mind. As you so, would. As I would. And so we get it's at this um, ski area in New Hampshire, like... Of course, like it was. Can I just say it was like it was so very New Hampshire. It's like fall. There's like the all the TV trucks are like parked at the bottom of a ski hill, <laughs> with the foliage happening on the hill. The MUR Channel Nine truck had like foliage design on it. It was oh, like it couldn't be more. That's classic New Hampshire. Anyways, so we go to this Joe Biden event and we um, we kind of set up our gear for the speech and then start chatting with voters. And the first woman we talked to, she's sitting up. Um, you know, up close, like she got here early for the event. What brings you here? Um, I'm here to see all the candidates. This is my second time seeing Biden. Um, And what's her name? Kathy Hoey. I'm a Democrat, but I saw all the Republicans pretty much last time. Then they were here because they're here. And it's the thing to do when you're here, if you enjoy politics, which I do. You know, since she had been to all these events and had seen all these candidates, I thought perfect person to ask about bird dogging because she's probably seen it. And sure enough, she has. I know the Alzheimer's lady and the HIV lady and the gun guy. And- Which I just love because, like, so do I, right? But 
the more we talked about it, the more I asked her about it, she didn't have a problem with it. You know, I asked her, like, do you get tired of hearing the same questions again and again? She's like, no, it's, you know, it's good to get them on the record, to get them on the record early. Because some people might say, well, like, you know, leave it to, like, quote, unquote, normal people to ask their questions. And these people come from They're advocacy. normal people, too. They just are invested in the process more than other people might be. But they're just as normal. And they represent... I think, a, a constituency of their own, which is great. So she really sees the value in it. And I thought that was really interesting that, that here she was, someone who's like really connected to these events, going to lots of them, is, is well aware of the bird docking phenomenon, and has no problem with it, is not cynical about it being fake or false or phony or anything like that. She just sees it as like a good, healthy part of the process. And then... And then what? And then eventually Josh asked her if she was affiliated with any particular organizations. Stop. Are you affiliated with any advocacy group? I can't really say. What do you mean you can't really say? (laughs) No, no, because I've talked too much about it. But I am really here for myself and doing what I'm doing. Okay, but I would take that as a yes. Uh, Is that you winking? Yeah, so... uh, No freaking way. The whole time. Right in front of us. That's the thing. You can't spot them until it's too... Late. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't believe it. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. She was, like, sort of unmasked as a bird dogger, like, right in front of us. And it's, like, almost the same experience as a candidate might have, right? Like, you don't, you go into a room, you don't know, like, which of these people are, like... Quote, unquote, regular people or not. Yeah, it's hard to know, right? So I'm I'm literally, like, I'm scanning the the audience here at this Joe Biden event. I'm thinking about who can be a bird dogger. So it's probably not the... uh, the firefighter guys in the union who've endorsed Joe Biden. Because why? Because they're wearing like a pro-candidate look? Yes, it's like firefighters for Joe. Oh, got it. Okay, right. So what are the details that you're looking for to try and suss them out? Well, that's a good question. It's like hard to know sometimes, right? But one thing I did notice, sitting near the back, handful of younger people, they just don't seem that interested in what's going on. Once, like, the surrogates begin their speeches and they're introducing, like, you know, Joe Biden, is he's going to be the next president and we're all going to go vote for him. You know, these, like, little mini rah-rah warm-up acts, right? And, like, there's always, like, a lot of, like, polite applause for them. And these people weren't applauding. Hint number one, dead giveaway. Sure enough, Joe Biden starts speaking. And if you choose to go into public service, national service, the National Teachers Program, AmeriCorps, Peace Corps, become a paramedic, Counseling victims of domestic violence, working on the front lines against the battle of climate change. The second he gets onto his stump speech and the words climate change leave his lips. So this is a this is like a demonstration. This is it, this is like bird dogging like turned up to eleven because they are not just here to like ask Joe Biden a tough question. They are here to disrupt. Joe Biden and then they get the, the rest of the audience led by the firefighters. They get they have like a counter chant. It's a chant off. It's a chant off. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, like the Biden staff comes and they're like kind of like ushering them out of the room. Like, yeah, yeah, like, great. You had your moment. Like, get out. And what did you do? And so I'm immediately like, I got to follow these people. I got to talk to them about bird dogging and what they're doing because this is, you know, this is all I can think about. Um, like, you know, Biden, it might be impeachment central happening in there with Biden, but, you know, I'm going with the bird doggers. Besides, we had Josh there, so he could stay anyways. So 
I I grab the mic and I'm like trying to follow them outside and they're and they're like chanting like protest songs and and the Biden staff are like you know it's private property got to get out of here. Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? Which side are you on now? Which side are you on? And um, you know I start to try to interview some of these activists and. Like, as soon as we started talking, like, all I could think about was the training. Is it was like, here it is. Like, these people are, like, using all of the tricks. Well, we just took action um, against Joe Biden um, because he is not a climate champion. And we need a climate champion to be our next president. For instance, every question, nearly every question, got back around with their answer to the idea that they needed a climate champion. We're here because we need Joe Biden to be a climate champion, and he won't even talk about the issue. So so when you hear that climate champion repeated over and over again, climate champion, what does that say to you? They were prepared. That was the soundbite. Again, that reverse engineering of the process. They knew their reporter would come talk to them, and they wanted to have control over what part of what they said would end up in the story that would be at the end of this process. Um, Some people might take issue with tactics, like, you know, interrupting an event like that. Um, what, What would you say to them? So Joe Biden is kind of notoriously known for kind of not answering our questions. And we have asked questions over and over again. He either has denied our request or denied our ask, or he just doesn't give a clear cut answer. So this is our last resort, but it is necessary for everyone to understand that this is the fight for our lives. You know, there's two ways to see it. You can see the bird doggers preparing and coming up with their sound bites and planning everything and and see that as very invented and not spontaneous. And that's true. But there's also something real about the fact that these people feel so passionate about these issues that they're willing to go through all that trouble, you know, to go to a training event and, and practice with a mock candidate or to go to a Joe Biden event and interrupt a former vice president of the United States and get shouted down by hundreds of people, you know, there's passion behind that. So there's something real at the root of that. The way they're going about expressing that can feel and arguably is quite manufactured. But you could say the exact same thing about what's happening on the other side of the equation with the candidates and the campaigns. You might The candidate might, you know, ex-presidential candidate deep down, might really want to be present for all the right reasons. But they're still giving the same stump speech they've given 50,000 other times. And if for five minutes they're giving the stump speech and they're like on autopilot and they don't really realize what they're saying, I mean, you better believe that happens. But it's still the way we do it. So it's up to each person to decide, right? It's, it's what, is, what is authentic to you? What is the authentic experience to you? That was Jason Moon. He's a reporter for NHPR. He also hosted the Bear Brook podcast, which if you haven't listened to Bear Brook yet, I am so happy for you and the listening experience you are about to have. Jason and Lucas Anderson also created most of the music you've heard in this podcast, including this tune. Other music is from Blue Dot Sessions. 
This episode was produced and mixed by me, Lauren Chuljan. Stranglehold is edited by NHPR's Director of Content, Maureen McMurray, and News Director, Dan Barrick. Additional editing help came from Executive Producer, Erica Janik, Senior Producer, Jack Rolico, and Reporter, Josh Rogers. Rebecca Lavoy is NHPR's Digital Director. Sarah Plord made our beautifully aggressive podcast graphics. And additional thanks to Casey McDermott, Isaac Grimm, Heather Stockwell, Josie Pinto, Lila Corman-Glazier, Sophonie Pierre-Michel, and my dad, Barry Chuljan, who helped us name this podcast. Stranglehold is a production of New Hampshire Public Radio. We're killing two birds with one dog. (laughs) I mean, maybe. (laughs) Metaphor is still unclear. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.